0: Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Mike Kegley. We'll be here with Kedrick Prince and Matt Stevens to be talking about each one of the new recruits that were signed today by the Fighting Illini. Should be a lot of fun. There's 19 of them. We're going to go over each and every one. We'll be right back after these messages. So let's talk a little bit about some of the players the Illini have gotten uh, signed here today on December 20th, 2023. First, start off with Andrew Dennis, big offensive lineman, six foot five, two 275. Other offers included Clemson, Michigan State, Penn State, Auburn, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville, Missouri, Nebraska, and Purdue. This was one that the Illini really beat out a lot of tough competition for. Ked, what are your thoughts on Andrew Dennis?
1: I'm going to start right away with what you just said. I mean, they beat out a lot of great. Teams for him. Um, they got a, a big 6 five kid out of Michigan uh, that tells you how good he is, you know. Um, he committed to Illinois, and you know, in, in November. Um, and the whole situation with him, he may be the gem of the of the class or one of the gems, which we'll talk about a, quite a few kids. But I think him personally, I mean, if you're into the star system, he's a four-star kid, you know. Mike and and, and uh, Matt. Um, but he's a kid that I think by the time he's a, a, a red shirts and he's a red shirt freshman or sophomore, I probably expected to see this kid on, on the field. Um, he's going to enroll sometime in the spring. So this was a really big get. And, you know, if you get like you mentioned, the schools that were after him, that tells you how good of a prospect he really is. And it was a big gift for Brett Bielema. Uh,
2: the last time Illinois recruited a kid, or I'm sorry, got a sign signing from this kid from a kid that rated this high was Martin O'Donnell. Wow. Uh, Like, so that he's, he's the highest rated offensive lineman in the modern era for Illinois. Um, if Mel Tucker doesn't execute the most expensive bag dropping in the history of college football, I don't know if Illinois gets this kid. Um, but if but he did and Brett Bielema was able to pounce on it very very quickly and effectively and and get a kid that i think that they think can play uh potentially all three offensive line positions if possible i i imagine that since he's going to be here in the spring um and and start his development um in April, I, I think there's a possibility he could be on the travel roster for the 2024 season. I'm not suggesting he's going to get on the field and be put in that situation, but uh, Bart Miller likes to travel with 10 offensive linemen, and I'm not entirely convinced that A.J. Dennis isn't going to be one of those 10.
0: So overall, you take a look at these this, this guy, how many years do each of you think he's going to project potentially as a starter for the Illini?
1: I mean, you know, it's hard to say, you know, what what these kids will do. I mean, a lot of these coaches, they trust their eye. They trust their development and their talent. But I think if they – this kid pans out and he does, you know, what they think he can do. I mean, I think by the time this kid's a sophomore, he can potentially be an honorable mention all Big Ten type player.
2: I have concerns about A.J in the sense that this staff really likes their interior offensive lineman to be over 300 pounds. So I need to see him get some development with, with Tank Wright in the weight room before I'm able to predict how many years he's going to start because I really think that they think he's an interior offensive lineman. Um, but if he can effectively get over the 300-pound mark by the time that he's maybe a third-year sophomore, I think he starts from then on. And, and I'm, I'm again. I think that he could potentially start his development in 2024 by being on the travel roster. And if he doesn't see the field, because Illinois is not going to play 10 offensive linemen in a game, um, but also just see the field and, and travel and get all that experience, I don't think that 2025 is necessarily a, a too early for him to be projected as competing for a starting spot.
0: Excellent. A big win for the Illini, and we're all looking forward to uh, Andrew Dennis making it on the field. Now let's talk about Angelo McCollum, big defensive lineman, six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds. He was a guy who was offered by Indiana, Akron, Toledo, Pittsburgh, and Western Michigan. Ked, what are your thoughts on on this young man and what he can do for
1: the Illini? You know this kid. You know, is, is I don't want to say he's a sleeper, but I'll say he's potentially a sleeper. Uh, he's he's from um Ohio, and I've had a chance to meet him. Um, he's he's been to Champaign a, a number of times. I mean, this kid has talked about. Player development. That's why he committed to the University of Illinois. He he wants to make sure that he when he committed to a school, he was going to go somewhere where he felt the staff could suit him and to help make him better. Um, like you mentioned, you know, he had an offer from Indiana, and and that's not you know which is a Power Five school, you know. Um, and that's nothing to say anything about about Indiana, but he just felt really comfortable with Illinois and his high school coaches. They were they remember Brett Bielema. And what he's done, um and as far as putting guys in the NFL, so um I don't you know him being on the field right away, I think you know him he's six three two hundred and sixty pounds, you know, I think he's at least a couple years away, but the thing about a player like Angelo, he's gonna be able to give you that depth. Illinois needs depth at all their positions, and I think this year and moving forward, players like him is what they is what they need to have a roster where if they get injuries. They're not going to be thin, and then we have to hear about it. And they struggle because they have having to put pieces together.
2: Angela McCollum committed to Illinois after playing five games in his junior year at high at high school because Terrence Jameson trusted his evaluation of the young man, especially after getting him into camp um, the summer before that. Uh, injuries cut down his junior season. He then proceeded in his senior season to have twelve sacks in thirteen games, um, and so I think he made a drastic leap in his senior season after he was committed to Illinois. Um, and then I think they they believe that the development is still on the rise for, for Angelo um, as he comes to Illinois. He is not physically capable of handling the Big Ten at the line of scrimmage right now. And I don't think anybody, you know, including Terrence Jameson or or Brett Bielema believe that. Um, he has a project in every sense of the word, but he's a project that's worth taking because the production was so high in his senior year. And it is an early, early commitment that Terrence Jameson was able to get that I think could potentially pay off, um, but you have to continue the physical development of him because they're going to ask him to play. Eventually, I think the the, the zero technique, the nose tackle position, um, as he gets to Illinois, and that's going to require him to put on a lot more strength and and put on a lot more weight and and, and be able to handle the physical, you know, things that the nose tackle in, in Illinois' 3-4 scheme make you prepare for, and Tank Wright's going to be a big part of what what and if Angelo McCollum is going to be at Illinois.
0: Ed, any other thoughts about Angelo?
1: No, I, I'd have to agree. I, I agree 100% with Matt. I mean, this is the kid that you got to take and hope that you can build on and to develop him and he's a kid that wants to be there. So these are the kind of kids that grow up to be when, you know, you forget that these kids are on a roster, and then all of a sudden, you know, you see them making big immediate impacts by the time they're juniors and seniors in college. I agree 100% with Matt on that. Anything else, Matt? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think that
2: he's he's somebody that I don't think needs to see the – I mean, I'd feel better about Angelo if Illinois had better depth at the top of their D-line depth chart. They don't. And so I, I fear that he's going to have to play earlier than he probably should. Um, but I, I do think it's going to take some time for him to fully develop into the player that they see and, and the player that they think they're getting um, in this recruiting
0: class. Excellent. So this is the type of depth piece at the align. I need yeah. to be nice if they had a little bit more up front so he there wouldn't be the, quote, threat of having him to play right. before he may as be 100% ready. So we're going to talk about Demetrius John, another big defensive lineman, six foot five and two fifty. He had offers from Akron, Ball State, Boston College, Indiana, Michigan State, and West Virginia. Obviously, a couple Big Ten teams in there, and West Virginia plays a tough, rough brand of football. Well, so it's a it's a, a nice group of teams that the Illini have gotten his services uh, selected from. Ked, what do you what do you see when you look at Demetrius John?
1: Um, he's a he's a guy from the Buckeye State, for one. I mean, so they kinda I remember when he came to campus, I kind of joked him thinking, you know, he was down for a visit. You know, how in the you know, how on earth did a kid from Ohio State from the Buckeye State um Get on campus at the University of Illinois, but I think he's another one of the, the type of players that I think he's kind of want to say he's raw, but I think his best uh, years, I think they're they're ahead of him. Uh, I think the Illinois staff, you know, saw another player that they could potentially turn, you know, turn and develop into a really good player. Um, he's really good off the ball. He moves well. He has good feet. You know, if you look at his film. And I think some of those attributes, they're nice to have. But I also think, you know, the staff, again, I think they trust their judgment and that they could potentially, you know, put this guy at an edge position and he could help them long-term. But just not right now. I I think he's the guy that you definitely are going to use as a red shirt and hopefully develop um, into the future.
2: Length, 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 length is this kid. Um, Reminds me in terms of body type along the lines of Keith Randolph who arrived on campus at about 250, 260 pounds and was a basketball player. And suddenly he blew up to 300 pounds and became an NFL defensive lineman. That is the hope that you're hoping for this young man. If, if he is to produce and get all everything out of the potential that he has, but I mean, I'm not going to play the Jay Billis NBA draft drinking game, but his wingspan is six foot 10. And that they act, not only at their outside rush positions, but at their defensive line positions, they value length, arm length, body, body length in, in what they want in the, in those positions. Physically, he has all the tools. Um, he will be here in the spring. So he gets to start a development early. That is huge for him. Um, and I think that he has all the physical gifts that they're looking for. Um, and again, because Illinois is so badly um, in need of defensive line help, He might have his clock started earlier than I would want him to, but I think that there's a potential there for him to have a Keith Randolph type, um, you know, upswing maybe in year two of his development at Illinois after he goes through a year and then gets another spring, another summer and another spring in the weight room. You could see a huge development with with him. I I really think that they're going to put him on the Keith Randolph plan because they think they're getting a basketball type like athlete at defensive line. And they think that they know how to, what to do with that.
0: Yeah. And Keith Randolph, just an amazing uh, basketball player. And, and, you know, was actually there when someone suggested to coach Underwood that maybe you should have football coach make an offer to Keith Randolph and maybe we get EJ Liddell. Well, EJ Liddell didn't happen. But gosh darn, we got a heck of a football player out of uh, Keith Randolph. Any other thoughts for uh, him, Ked?
1: Yeah, just one other thing. I mean, just I think he's just a pure athlete. I think he's really quick. I think he's, he's explosive. And I think that's the type of athlete, you know, that maybe you, you two are talking about. So, you know, I think long term, you know, this kid could potentially, you know, be a difference maker, especially on the defensive defensive end of the field. But you know, again, he's raw right now, and that's to be said with a lot of with a lot of freshmen. I,
2: I think his also his high school, his district, and his classification in Ohio is also something where when you see the tape, it, it can play. I mean, it, it's transferable in the sense that when you see his tape, he's going up against other Division one athletes, uh, and, and for the most part, and Dublin Coughlin produces Division One athletes. They produce FPS football players, um, and so you're seeing somebody on tape that is performing against mostly guys that end up in the MAC, but there are some high level guys that end up in the Big Ten and end up, you know, in S- at SEC programs, at Big Twelve programs, at ACC programs, out of the district, the classification, and even the high school that that he's coming from.
0: Yeah. So uh, Demetrius John is one that is a. Definitely a potential high reward player. We'll have to see how he develops, but another one who will be here in January, which really helps the Illini when you're taking a look at next year's team. So now we're talking about Vernon Woodward, Florida product, cornerback, six foot two, 180 pounds. Other offers, UCF, Wisconsin, Boston College, Cincinnati, Florida Atlantic, Louisville, Georgia Tech, Maryland, Missouri, Old Miss, Purdue and Virginia. Another player that when you particularly look at Wisconsin, you know, Louisville, Cincinnati, Old Miss, Missouri, some very very good schools in this. Uh, Ked, I know you've had a chance to interview most of these players
1: that we're talking about. What did you think about Vernon? Well, the first thing I would tell you about this kid, he is confident. And one of the reasons Illinois was able to land and secure this commitment is because of what the defense did last year. They were able to sell, you know, what, you know, guys like Quan Martin, you know, and Spoon and those guys did last year just because that was an easy sell. And he's also from Florida and defensive coordinator, um, Aaron Henry has done really, really well as far as making inroads down in, in Florida, but you know, Mike, you mentioned the fact, you know, I had a chance to talk to some of these kids and I just talked to him, you know, about his commitment and about the entire class. And this kid's really confident. He is a old school, new school type of uh, uh, defensive player. If if that makes any sense, he's tall, you know, he's six two. And I think that's something Illinois was lacking last year, Um, but he's physical. He looks really, really good on film. And this was a really, really, Big get. I know a lot of people are you know, they're not probably happy with because Illinois, you know, maybe ranked, you know, in the lower part of the Big Ten. But when you look nationally, you know, everywhere I've seen, they're in the top 40, top 45 in, in the country. And a kid like Vernon, you know, he'll tell you if you have a chance to talk to Matt, and I'm sure you will, he is not short on quotes and he's full of confidence in his ability and he loves the way Illinois plays defense, which is why they were able to get this commitment from him.
2: Aaron Henry and Antonio Finnellas pulled off the unbelievable magic trick here because uh, Vernon Woodward is from the exact County in Florida that Aaron Henry is from. And he was able to convince Vernon Woodward to not do what he did, which was go to Wisconsin because this young man was committed to Wisconsin, went on his visit to Illinois. And then about a week after his visit to Illinois, like flipped his commitment from Wisconsin to Illinois. I, 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 it, it, it fundamentally like blows my mind when guys like Aaron Henry and Antonio finalis can go on the recruiting trail and convince guys to not do what they did, but do what they say. And so like, I think it's a big recruiting win for Illinois. They need a big long physical corner like Brennan Woodward. I think with the way that the Illinois secondary struggled in 2023 and the whack, that fact that you're losing um, the only returning veteran corner that you had in Taz Nicholson, there is a spot here for Vernon Woodward to potentially see the field in a very, very early way as a true freshman, just like you saw Zachary Tobe do this year. And so I think there's a possibility for that, especially if Aaron Henry is convinced that his physicality and that his confidence and quite frankly, his mouth represents exactly the way that he used to play and exactly the way that Aaron Henry coaches that might actually play really, really well once he gets to be on campus. And I I fully suspect that he will get an opportunity to showcase what he is capable of doing on this defense that needs all the help that it can get in the secondary um, early on from players like Vernon Woodward, who at least from a body type and a mentality standpoint has exactly what Aaron Henry looks for in a defensive
0: secondary player. One final question. Is it fair to say that because he wasn't maybe looked at by, you know, Miami, Florida State, Florida, that he's got a chip on his shoulder and he feels like he has something to prove? And if he has to do it at Illinois and and be like Spoon and go in the first round, you know, in a perfect world, uh, he would love to prove it that way?
1: That's exactly the way I took it today. I mean, you know, when I had a chance to talk to him, you know, I like the fact when these kids come in with a chip on their shoulder because some of these kids do feel underappreciated. You know, they think that they, that they know a lot of people are into the star system. And some of these kids know that they should be, have other offers. But the one thing I would say about Illinois, you know, and I don't want to discredit them because Illinois is a power five school. It's a big 10 school. Illinois is a, they play real physical, they play physical defense. And I think that is another reason that they were able to land this commitment. Um, um, You talk about, we always talk about how, you know, if you recruit a kid and they, they can see what you're doing, some coaches will tell you things. Illinois show Vernon, this is how we play defense, and we're going to give you a chance to put yourself out there to showcase your talent. So, again, you're right. It's a, it's a big commitment because they were able to flip him um, from Wisconsin um, That's what everybody does in college football today, I guess. But I'm really anxious to see this kid on the field. I just – I love his attitude.
2: I have to imagine you're Pat Hamilton, and you you get his tape and you walk into Aaron Henry's office and say, hey, take a look at this. Who does this remind you of? And And I think that's the reason why when we talked all day long on Wednesday – um, in the Smith Center and especially heard it from Brett Bielema about what a Brett Bielema type guy is well Vernon Woodward is an Aaron Henry type guy and, and I, th- I think that Pat Hamilton knew that when he knew when he showed him this film and I think that Aaron Henry knew that when he was already getting reports again from his home county about somebody who was six foot two long and quite frankly liked to you know do a lot of yapping with his mouth um while he played and that goes into a positive check mark at Illinois. It may go in as a negative check mark other places. But at Illinois for Aaron Henry and for Antonio Finellis, if you like to yap a little bit while you play, that goes into a positive category. and, and I, I think it really feeds into the mentality of what they want their defensive secondary players to have, because Spoon had it, Quan had it, and quite frankly, and even though he wouldn't show it like, you know, on television, Sidney Brown had it too.
0: Yeah, this this is a guy that I think we can all say we're really excited about seeing. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of uh, the character and the uh, personality that also is an advantage here. So uh, another great catch for the Illini and another one that they got away from quite a few uh,
3: schools that have great reputations. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys radio network by advertising on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. The weekly two-hour syndicated show airs on more than 20 stations and is heard in six states throughout the Midwest, including Chicago, St. Louis, the Quad Cities, Peoria, Bloomington, Springfield, Champaign, Decatur, Rockford, and Quincy, just to name a few, with a reach of more than eleven million people. For information, send an email to Mike at IlliniGuys.com and let's work together to grow your business. That's Mike at I L I-N-I-G-U-Y-S dot and let the power and reach of the Illini Guys Network work for you.
0: Zephyr Stewart, big offensive tackle, six foot five. 320 pounds, comes from Philadelphia, and the offer list includes Boston College, Cincinnati, Nebraska, Maryland, Old Miss, Penn State, Rutgers, and West Virginia. And we know that Penn State and Nebraska thought they would be able to flip this guy. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones because when, when I hear 6'5 and 320 – I just think, wow, you know, I go back to those cowboy offensive lines of the 90s. You know, and you got Nate Newton and Larry Allen and guys like that. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun to see Zafir when he comes into town. Ked, what were your thoughts?
1: Mike, for the old school listeners out there, when you see a guy that's 6'5 and 320, you remember the slogan, where's the beef? This (laughs) this is the guy. He is a, a big specimen, and you're right. Uh, I have to say, admittedly, when I look at this guy, his offers matters because when you got schools like Penn State, Nebraska and West Virginia, and especially Penn State, Nebraska, because Nebraska is on the rise, that that's a big commitment and he's big. And so when you get a kid like that and that size, I know Matt talked earlier about, you know, being at that 300 pound mark. I mean, this kid's going to come in with that, but I think that they'll tone that up with him. But uh, this is a three star kid that has really good his really good footwork and he's strong. I mean, he's just a big kid, but I think to be honest with you, they can he could probably play multiple positions and I'm really curious to see what they do with him um because he's so big and he, he's very talented. So, I'm just really anxious to see, you know, where he will he'll end up at. You had to bet me
2: on the one guy on this class that I thought was going to flip flip out and not be part of this Illinois recruiting class, it was going to be Severe Stewart. And the reason is, is because I would have bet everything in the world that Matt, not, not Penn State necessarily, because their offensive line reputation is not as high as you would think it would be, especially locally. But anytime Matt Rule gets a chance to go into Philadelphia or Pittsburgh and go after a kid, he usually goes and gets them. It's, that's going all the way back to when he was a, the head coach over at Temple, okay? I really thought that was going to happen. And it didn't happen because they have a plan for him, and I think it's to play right tackle at Illinois, if not left tackle at Illinois. Um, if 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 they like his footwork that much, but I do think that um, he is somebody that athletically is just so darn gifted. And then his high school team, actually in in in, Pen, in Phil, in, I'm sorry, in Philadelphia, has ten FBS quality players on it this year, and, and won a state championship and went fifteen and zero. So every day in practice, he's going up and seeing guys that are playing at this level. I don't think the next level is going to be a fear, a fear factor for him. And I also feel like Zafir is going to have an opportunity to be part of that travel roster as a true freshman, just like Brandon Anderson did. I feel like this kid has a really, really high ceiling because of the natural gifts that he has. But I also just feel like Illinois gets a huge recruiting win because I just I, I have no – I had no confidence that Illinois was going to be able to hang on to his commitment for this long, especially with all the power five schools that were circling around him and circling around his school in, in Philadelphia. I think it's a major win for Bart Miller. I think it's a major win for Brett Bielema. And I, I I think if you had to do it, I mean, I hate to do this to the young man, but I think if there's a player comp, I think it's Vidarian Lowe. He's that naturally strong and gifted that I think he'll figure out how to play on either side of an offensive line, whether it be right side or left side at tackle because he's just that physically strong and gifted. He's somebody that if he can't play left tackle, this Illinois offense is going to love running behind him at right tackle because he is that strong and that physically gifted to where they love they love having their right tackle be one of their best run blockers on, on the line anyway.
0: Yeah, he's, he's one that I think um, you go 15 and 0 that also puts a winner in and a guy who knows uh, about teams. So any other thoughts, Ked?
1: Just to know that the fact you can go to Pennsylvania and to get a kid like that, um, who's one of the top 15, 20 players in, you know, in the state says a lot about what, these people think about Illinois from an offensive line standpoint so again kudos you know to the staff and Bart Miller and you know I will give Brett Beaton a credit I mean he was really involved with a lot of these recruits and you know when you have over 50 something guys in the NFL and, and you coach them it's a lot easier to sell because yeah they talk about player development but let's be honest they all want to play at the next level. But
2: I don't usually have suggestions for the social media department of the university of Illinois athletics or Illinois football. But here's what I would do. The minute that severe Stewart gets on campus, take him over to Ubin hand him a basketball and tell him to dunk because Mike he can, he can dunk a basketball at six foot, six and 320 pounds. And so that kind of gives you the idea of what his athleticism brings as an 18, 19 year old, the minute that he gets here this summer.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you this, he's an exciting one. And I will tell you the other thing that's amazing to me is when you look at the number of offensive linemen who Brett Bielma has put into the NFL in his coaching career, you compare him across the country. Only one coach has more players who play an offensive line in the NFL, and that's uh, a guy by the name of Saban. I think he coaches at at Alabama. He's pretty good. Yeah, exactly, and so and and Brett Bielma had uh, you know two three years that he was in the NFL at that as well. So um th- that that's pretty interesting that he's done that. And and I I think Zafir may be a guy that people talk about his size and stuff. but I think he's also got a, a good head on his shoulders to understand maybe you know how you invest in opportunities for your own future. So. Will be another guy that uh, Illini fans will be very excited to see him come to town. So we have Carlos Orr, wide receiver, got some fantastic length, six foot four, one hundred eighty-five pounds. Austin P, who I still try not to think about because of the whole Ken Norman, Dick Vitale situation. Um, Buffalo, East Carolina, Toledo. Of course, we know Toledo's got a heck of a of a of a program. Miami of Ohio and Western Michigan. So, Ked, here here's a a long, thin receiver. Give us your thoughts on Mr. Orr.
1: One of my favorite positions on the field is wide receiver. Uh, a few years ago, this was probably the worst room on the University of Illinois campus. Now it's becoming one of the better rooms on campus. This kid is 6'4". Um, you know, last year he, you know, had 700, over 700 yards receiving his junior year. He had over 1,000 yards receiving um he he right he had some serious interests from northwestern and Virginia Tech and Cincinnati's three-star kid but I like the fact that he's from down south from Tennessee um and he's six-four. Illinois is going out and they're getting some bigger receivers which I like guys that could go up and and who could go get the ball uh I think you know when you put a guy like him you know in the red zone he'll be able to go up to, to make plays and You know, I had a chance to talk to him, you know, um, before he committed. And one of the first things that he talked about was Coach, you know, George McDonald. I mean, like, they sold him on this whole family atmosphere thing. And, you know, um, they took a chance on him when other schools didn't do it. So, you know, uh, Coach George McDonald did a really good job with him and this recruitment.
2: I don't usually do this this early, but the player comp here is Ashton Hollins. Who was also from Mississippi? Who was a long, six foot four, six foot five receiver, um, but was raw and, and and really honestly had no business being on the field early on in his career because he didn't understand the nuances of playing the wide receiver position. Now, Aston was developed was was transitioning from high school quarterback to wide receiver. That's not the case here with Carlos Orr. He's played wide receiver his entire career, but he's also had injury issues that I don't think are going to be an issue by the time he gets to Illinois. However, I do think that he still has raw skills that have not been coached. And I do believe in the player development of George McDonald. I also think it's a great thing for, for a guy like Carlos Orr that he does not need to be on the field early on for two reasons. One, I do, I do agree with Ked. I think the running, I, I'm sorry. I think the wide receiver depth has gotten better over time under George McDonald. And two, your position coach is George McDonald. And we all know how, you know, George feels about playing freshman, So you can forget about that knowledge 100% and not have to worry about getting on the field your first or maybe even first half of your, the first half of your second year, because George sees the four-year, five-year process with you, and especially sees it with somebody like Carlos Orr. I do think that they think by the time that he's an upperclassman, he could have a Casey Washington type career at Illinois. And if you remember how Casey Washington developed, you need to remember that Casey Washington at best is six foot two and a half. This kid will show up on campus at a legit six, four, which is again, why I think a lot of people are are excited about the development of say an Ashton Hollins. Once he becomes an upperclassman, especially after what he did last year as, as a younger player, I think that they see the same path for Carlos Orr.
0: Yeah. I, I, I keep thinking when I think of the six, four, you know, ish receiver, I, I, I go into the David Williams mode. Of a guy who can knows how to use his length, and I think uh, Carlos Orr, because of a coach like George McDonald, he may not play his freshman year, but by the time he gets on the field, he'll be really good and well developed. So I, I think there's a lot of excitement for Carlos Orr. Well, we've got Amar Williams, cornerback, six foot one, 175 pounds, another player out of Florida, had offers from Charlotte, Florida A and M. Indiana, Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee State. So Ked got another guy coming up from Florida to play DB. That seems to be a really nice thing that Aaron Henry is very comfortable with. Uh, tell me a little bit about your impressions of Amar.
1: I think you know he's also, um, from my understanding, he he was able to play on offensive side of the ball, so he's done some some wide receivers well. But the thing that I was told and thing that I, I I've seen on film with him a lot. Here's a kid that contracts the ball. He can track the ball really, really well. Um, and he's about knocking balls down. He's quick enough. Um, he's also six because he's not small. And I, I like the fact that Illinois is trying to stretch their size and to not be small because there were so many times last year. I mean, I can think back to the Wisconsin game. You know when you know when they're just marching the ball down the field and we just had guys that were small. They were too small who couldn't go up to make plays. And I think you know, getting guys that are bigger, uh, that can go up and can track balls and to be able to knock balls down and then also to go get them and to be physical, um, again I like it. And I also like the fact that he's he's from the South. I mean, and they're starting to develop a good relationship down there with them. Um, so uh I I like to, I I like to get um, I don't think he's going to see the field early, you know, right away, unless there's some injuries. But again, that's that depth that I talked about earlier.
2: About 20 years ago, when Brett Vialem was closer to my age, he met a high school football coach named Lenny Jenikowski. Lenny Jenikowski has been Brett one Vialen and Brett Vialem's best friends for 20 years. He is the head coach now at Vero Beach High School where Amara Reynolds is, is coaching. Lenny's been able to kind of tell Brett over time, yeah, don't recruit that kid. Don't waste your time. He's going to go to Miami. He's going to go to Florida State, Brett. You don't have a chance in hell of getting in. Um, but when he has a player like a Nathan Ginn, who I think, hey, he could be something for you at a tight end position later on in life. You know, if when he has an Amara Reynolds for one year, this is the third high school that Amara Reynolds has been at I mean, in his prep career. But Lenny was able to have him as his senior year. And, hey, look, Brett, I, I think you're going to be able to get this kid. I think you're going to be able to make something out of this kid. I think Aaron's going to really like this kid. Um, that's when Brett Bielema starts to pay attention. And that's really kind of why Amir Reynolds ends up here. Um, not only because Nathan Ginn had a really, really good freshman year experience learning and developing at the tight end position coming from Vero Beach, um, but also – the fact that Lenny basically kind of knows what a Brett a player looks like um, in all kind of facets, no matter what position he plays. Amir Reynolds is that kind of kid. I agree with Ked. I don't think he's having his development is more long-term than it is immediate, but I do think that, you know, there, what, what I think is going to help him is that I'm not entirely sure what position he's going to play at Illinois. I don't know if he's a straight corner. I don't know if he's a nickel. I don't know if he's a safety. And I think that Illinois does a really good job. He's going to be here in the spring, um, I don't know. I think Illinois does a really good job of training you in all three in the spring and then figuring out what you do best by the time that they get to preseason camp. And I I think that could be the way that Amir Reynolds works out his development. And, and I, I'm not entirely sure where he's going to play. I'm not entirely sure that's a bad thing right now. I think he's going to figure out via the Illinois coaching staff where my best spot is here. And I think that could get him on the field faster than we all think.
0: Yeah. He looks, uh, and he looks like he could also put some weight on, and uh-huh. carry it well, so uh, with, with quickness and, and even more weight, you know it, it'll be very interesting to see just how high a mark can fly. So next up is Brandon Hansen, a massive six foot six, 290 pound offensive tackle from Mundelein, Illinois, had offers from Wisconsin, Toledo, Central Michigan. And I'm going to throw something out at you guys. I think this guy is the most overlooked player on in the Illinois class. Not that the other guys aren't really good, but it seems like because he committed to Illinois so early, he had the same problem that happens to basketball players that do that. It seems like if you commit to Illinois early, your rankings have a ceiling put on them automatically. It doesn't seem to matter what sport. Ked, Matt, you guys tell me, um, Am I am I wrong in what I'm seeing, Kid?
1: I'm laughing because I had a conversation with the basketball parent tonight who said exactly what you just said about committing early. But we'll say that for another podcast. I I I, I agree with you. He he committed to Illinois early. Um, and he was sold on his home state university. You know, one of the things I, I like about him is that he he is a, and he's an in-state kid, uh, but he is a, you know, he played uh, left tackle at Munderland. The thing I really like about him is that he's really physical. He's strong, um, and he's just, he likes contact. He doesn't shy away from it, um, and I think his, his physical style of play suits the Big Ten. And I think here's another kid that committed early, but also who's playing with a chip on the shoulder. And he had some really good offers I and mean, got from schools that you know that, that you mentioned, Mike, that typically do well with offensive linemen. So I just think his physical play and his ability to just you know knock people over suits, but be on basketball, football, excuse me, I'm talking basketball, football. So um you got me thinking basketball because we're talking about kids committing early, so. No, anyway, no more, no more as talk tonight. <laughs> so anyway, I, I do like the fact that he's going to be at Illinois early in the spring, in the spring semester. So uh kudos to, to keeping this kid in state.
2: Okay, first of all, Mike Kegley, I agree with you because from a, from a ranking standpoint, You are correct. He is probably one of the more overlooked person in in the 2024 class for Illinois. In terms of the coaching community at, at the power schools, he was not. Okay. So Brandon signed now, and I get to tell this story. Okay. I am standing on the sideline at Starkville high and Brett Bielema is talking to a fan who wants to know about his 2024 recruiting class in Starkville, Mississippi. He found an Illini fan in Starkville, Mississippi. I don't really know how this works, but whatever. Um, and Bieleman knows I'm standing right next to this person and I'm hearing this, but he's telling a story about Brandon Hanson and he's telling the guy that if Brandon Hanson wanted to reopen his recruitment and decommit from Illinois, he would be getting offers from Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio state, and all of those schools. And you think that that's total BS, right? Well, it's not. And I know that it's not because Brandon Hansen's personally called Bart Miller and Brett and Brett Vilema to tell him, "You know that Michigan called me and tried to get me to decommit, right?" He says, "By the way, that was a week but bef- that was a week after Alabama tried to do the exact same thing." So, the the coaches have recognized the fact that Brandon Hansen is a superior talent at at, at an interior offensive line position for some time now. And I think that he is potentially somebody who at when you look at all of the offensive line talent that Illinois has brought into this 2024 class Brandon Hansen might get on the field first because I think this coaching staff knows a he plays with the mentality that they want him to play with specifically he's mean he's a mean kid inside the inside the lines Um, and two they think that his football intelligence is at a level that an 18 year old shouldn't be at and I think that they 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 think that that from a recruiting ranking standpoint that he should at least have a star and a half more to his name, and that if he want again if he they know for a fact that if he had a decommitted from Illinois, he would have gotten offers from every SEC power and probably two or three schools that are going to compete in the college football playoff this year. And I think that would have risen his recruiting stock to the point where he would have been one of, the, one of the highest ranked national offensive linemen in the country. I think Brandon Henson has a chance to be one of the most valued members of this 2024 recruiting class, regardless of the position. But because he's going to play interior offensive line, I think he has a chance. Brett Bielema during his signing day press conference compared him to Frankie Ragnow, who he had at Arkansas. People need to understand the Detroit Lions pay Frank Ragnow the most money of any interior lineman in the National Football League right now. And so that is as high a compliment as Brett Bielema can give somebody who knows what interior offensive line play is supposed to look like.
0: So with uh, with that high IQ and a little bit of uh, meanness when he's out on the football field, he's a little bit like the Sheldon Cooper who, made, who was trying to experiment with a death ray on uh, Big Bang Theory when he was a 14-year-old. So we've, we've got a player here with its high potential. Again, we're, we're just telling you uh, there's, there's several players in this class that are really intriguing to think about what they could do for Illinois. And again, I don't know that if you're, a, if you're an offensive lineman, I don't know that you can go to a better coach than Brett Bielma because if you compare, he's right behind Nick Saban, but Nick Saban gets nothing but five stars. And Brett Bielma does it with three and four stars. So, you know, where you're going to put your money for somebody to develop you, to me,
3: that's an easy, easy decision to make. Make sure you subscribe to the full family of Illini Guys podcast, starting with our signature Eye on the Illini series, which discusses recent Illini events. Sturdy for 30 is where veteran Illini insider and analyst Brad Sturdy talks with experts and people in the know. And Keds Recruiting Roundup, where IlliniGuys.com Director of Recruiting Kendrick Prince talks with players, parents, and coaches about the next wave of Illini student-athletes. Stay in the know with Illini Guys podcast. Find them wherever you download your podcasts. Of course,
0: Chase Canada, that's next up here. Cornerback, 6-foot-tall, 185 pounds out of Richmond, Texas. And he went to Trinity Valley Community College. Had offers from Charlotte, Yukon, Georgia Southern. And, of course, I like anybody named Chase after Chase Brown. So, Chase Canada, that's perfect. Obviously, you got a name as big as Canada. You got something to live up to. Ked, talk a little bit about what he brings to the table.
1: Uh, definitely, a guy that is extremely ready to get on the football field. You talk about a guy that's ready to go. Um, I had a, a good conversation with him um today, and the thing I really, really I like about him one is that he played at the junior college level, and I. I was one of the guys who noticed Brett Bielema was attacking the junior college. And, you know, back in the early eighties, the junior college route was the thing to do now, you know, it was a transfer portal, but what Brett did and his staff, um, I'm assuming they've all talked about it was, Hey, you know what? We can't go out, you know, Matt's talked about this a million times. We can't play true freshmen. It's hard to play them. If you do, you're going to struggle. So if we're not going to, you know, go out and try to get every kid in the transfer portal, let's get guys who, in the junior college, in, in the junior college rank. so, you know, Chase is a guy that they really, really zeroed in on early I, 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 like, the, I like the commitment, uh, I think he, he's 6 foot, he's 190 and, and pounds he's another big cornerback, I think that's an a area um, that whole secondary was just I don't want to say it was bad last year, but I think they got picked on, and him being a junior college kid, they're going to probably expect him to come in to see if he can make an impact right away
2: Let's not also forget Mike Cagney since you loved Chase Brown so much that Chase and Sidney Brown were Canadian. That that's so I, I think didn't even like, go there. Right. So like the 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 symbolism is all there for Chase Canada. Um here's a kid that I again I don't know if he's a safety or if he's a nickel. I don't think he's a corner, maybe he is. I don't know. I do think he's going to get on the field. And 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 the reason I feel like he's going to get on the field is simply because like they need to start his clock immediately. Um, and they've, they've known about him for two years. How have they known about him for two years? They recruited his older brother at Eternity Trinity Valley the year before he decided to go to TCU, they were really av- afraid that he was actually going to end up at either Clemson or TCU a- immediately after he committed to Illinois in late November, um, because that was that was a potential flip that was going to happen. Um, I do think he's going to end up in Aaron Henry's defensive backfield. In the the 2024 season. I just don't know where that's going to be. It could be at a safety position. It could be. I'm not entirely ruling out the idea that they could be moving Xavier Scott from the nickel to corner and then they have an opening at nickel and that could be a spot where they slide right in. Chase Canada um, slides right in. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of options for him to be able to come in and figure out what he wants to do this spring again and then i think by the time preseason camp rolls around you're going to have a really good indication of of where he's going to play but i do think he is going to have an impact maybe not only on in the secondary but also on special teams in the 2024 season
0: excellent yeah chase canada and of course anytime you've got the bloodlines your brother's playing at tcu that also gives you a little bit of street cred that just can't be earned any other way excited to have him come aboard as well another new signee here for the uh 2023 early signing period uh, here in December. Mario Sanders, wide receiver, five foot 10, 190 pounds playing at uh, Iowa Central Community College. Eastern Kentucky, Northern Iowa, Sam Houston State and Utah State were just a few of the schools that Illinois beat out for him. Um, first team All-American Juco product. Um, and, and you got a guy who's really fits in the slot will probably be, um, you know, competing or, or paired with Hank Beatty. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we're looking here. He is not a burner, but like Isaiah Williams, he does a lot of good things. If you give him some space and he can utilize his quickness, uh, out in space. Ked, what were your thoughts on this player?
1: Well, one, how to get out of Iowa, but I guess. I I can answer that myself. They don't throw the football, so I guess that makes you know. I guess that makes sense. Um, but here's a kid that that's an All American that almost had a thousand yards. Um, you know, receiving. He had 12 touchdowns last year. Um, uh, I think he's a guy that could probably fit like a slot receiver. You know, I know you mentioned Isaiah Williams. His size may be a concern. He's only five foot ten. But I think he could possibly be a good possession receiver. It all depends on how they plan to utilize him. But one of the things that I like about him a lot is that he'll have three years of eligibility left. That's something that I think is huge because kids can leave and rules change all the time. So if they can get him on campus and they can keep Sanders involved and, and, and throw the ball to him. I think, you know, again, you know, and I think when he's out in space, he can create, you know, he can create space. And, you know, I think he has good hands. Um, from some of the films that I've seen. So I like the fact that Illinois went into Iowa, even though he's a junior college kid, to get one of those kids. And maybe that may bode well for the future if he's successful down there.
2: The production is why Rio Sanders is at Illinois. Um, The amount of production that he had last year as a JUCO All-American is is why. The physical gifts do not stand out. Um, Whether you're talking about size, whether you're talking about speed, whether you're talking about length. doesn't have it what he has is the ability to be able to get open and make production out of something at a level that um Ked kind of kind of mentioned it but the juco the juco conference that iowa central plays in and the quite frankly the state of iowa in terms of junior college football is a high level um it's why brett bieland continues to go there um it's why he continues to go to iowa and kansas because the junior college system there has made what Kansas State and Iowa and Iowa State into the programs that they are. Um Mario Sanders is somebody who will compete for that slots position that is being vacated by Isaiah Williams simply because they're gonna George George McDonald feels like he's going to have the production is going to be transferable from what he did to JUCO to what he can do in the Big Ten conference. I don't know whether he's right but I do think that the production stood out enough that they were willing to take the bet. And I think it's a good bet for not only George McDonald for Brett Bielema to take, but I also think that there are other ways for him to be able to help. Maybe they'll hand him the ball out of the backfield. Maybe they'll do the jet sweep stuff that Isaiah Williams has been doing. Heck, maybe he can catch a punt and he can help them on special teams too. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make a joke there. Like they don't have a punt returner right now because I, Isaiah has walked out the door. So um, there are a lot of different ways that they think Rio can help them. And I think that he will help them in some sort of way in the 2024 season.
0: Yeah. Another dynamic player. And certainly with Isaiah Williams, it's clear that Illinois knows how to utilize a player with some of his skills. Daniel Brown, this guy is, uh, you talk about a statistic, uh, defensive edge rusher, six foot one, 240 pounds. Comes out of Hutchinson uh, Community College, which has been putting players in football and basketball programs for decades. Um, you, you know, Alabama State, Buffalo, Alcorn State were just a few that looked at uh, this junior college All American. Had eighteen sacks in eleven games. So that was the most in JUCO, and it may have been the most in all of college football. He had a heck of a statistical year in terms of going from where he was on one side of the line of scrimmage to standing on top of the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. So this guy has been an impact player, and I would think Charlie Bullen has to be excited about uh, the prospects of him. Ked, what jumped out at you about uh, Mr. Brown?
1: His size six one two forty, and I think he's a stat sheet stuffer, a stuffer stat sheet stat sheet stuffer. I don't know how the cliche goes, but here's the deal: guy had fifty one total tackles. You know, you mentioned the the eighteen sacks and twenty three tackles. Um, you know, he. I'm really curious to know, and Matt, I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are. If they'll him. I mean, I. I as a linebacker, I, I think he's good enough to be able to play. And linebacker, I know that's a position of need. So um, I think this was another kid that they saw at the junior college ranks with a lot of talent and who's physical. So I know, and again, I know they, I, I know they need position there. I know they want to be able to get to quarterbacks and, you know, to add pressure. That was something that we didn't see a lot of last year. Um, I I know Newton was double teamed a lot. So, but I think getting to quarterbacks and get, getting Harry's will help the, the defense so maybe you know him being a juco uh, guy and he's a first team all-american and that says something you know we talked about junior college the junior college route illinois is taken but to go out and get a first teamer says a lot about what you're doing in your program
2: so like rio sanders who was also a first team all junior college player um in the country uh the production is what got daniel brown to illinois and, and what I mean by that is um, you talked about the 18 sacks and 11 games at, at the, at Hutch, at Hutch. Um, it, if you look at Dan, here's, what's interesting is that Brett Bielema coached the position in the national football league for both the Patriots and the New York giants. Andy Bullen spent 12 years coaching the position with the Miami dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals. If you look at Daniel Brown at six foot one and 240 pounds, He doesn't have the height he doesn't have the weight he doesn't have the arm length god did not bless him with skills that make him look like a pass rusher um the production says otherwise when you look at his film he's one of my favorite players in this class because i think it's transferable i really do and it's why i think he's going to get on the field very fast at illinois um he has the ability, maybe it's just God given and he doesn't actually have, maybe he hasn't been coached at it, but I know Charlie Bullen will coach him at it. He has the ability to use his leverage at six foot one, 240 pounds in a way that I haven't seen a pass rusher that small be able to do it. And I'm really, really impressed by him. You have to remember folks that Seth Coleman has an NFL draft decision still to make here, that he has not announced whether or not he's going to walk out that door yet. If he does do that, I do think that Daniel Brown has a really, really good chance to be paired right next to uh, Gabe Yacus and split, maybe even split time with an Alec Bryant at, at an outside pass rusher position um, in Charlie Boland's room in the 2024 season. I think that the skill set is transferable, the production is going to be transferable. I'm not saying he's going to be a first team all Big Ten player. But I do think he's going to be one of those people where when you look at him, you're going to think in the same way as like Ezekiel Holmes when he was fully healthy in that 2021 season, like late in in Brett Bieland's first season at Illinois. You're going to look at him and wonder what the heck he's doing on the field from a physical standpoint. And then he's going to be sitting on the quarterback's head by the time the play is over. So I think that there's an ability for Daniel Brown to have a high production level at Illinois. And I think that Charlie Bowen is is one of the more perfect people to be able to get him, get everything he can out of this player. Because again, God just just did not bless him to be what you would think a pass rusher should look like, but the production just tells you otherwise. And I think you've got to trust the numbers.
0: Yeah, and I, I do think there's something to be said for the shorter, faster, quicker athlete who can get underneath you and then be gone before you can jump on top of him. And it's sometimes, you know, he moves fast enough. It's like a bowling ball with arms and they can, he can be very hard to deal with. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how he does, you know, against the massive tackles in the big 10. And, and again, out from outside linebacker, he's quick enough that if uh, they don't have him accounted for quarterbacks, not going to be having a very good play. And Trey Petty, six foot tall quarterback, 200 pounds, Starkville, Mississippi, passed up Mississippi State, Old Miss, Georgia Tech, Indiana, San Diego State, Southern Miss, and Tulsa. As the season went on, got more uh, interest from other teams as well. Here's a player who started off as a dropback quarterback uh, and kind of put in that box. And then as the season went on, was much more effective, kind of turned into a dual threat quarterback. As the season went on, as he used his legs to get yards as well, seems to have a good arm. And I'm telling you, its I think the only measurable that people are concerned about is he's only, and I say that with with quotation marks, he's only six feet tall. But this guy's got a ton of potential, especially the way college football is being played right now. Ked?
1: This kid was one of I I, I enjoyed this recruitment. I mean, just when I got involved with this one, because we heard all the rumors about Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and you know, give Illinois credit, they hung tough with this kid um, because Mississippi State, and Ole Miss and, and other schools, they went after him hard. But this kid is gonna be the future of, of the program, I believe, and I think they believe that. I think the staff believes in that. I know Barry Lindley Jr. loves this kid. This kid threw for almost 1,800 yards um last year. And he's just a outstanding athlete who can make plays with his arm, with his foot, his feet. And I know Illinois is not a, a team that, you know, they, you know, they but they're gonna run the spread offense, you know, they're gonna have guys that are gonna run the ball, they're gonna throw it. But it's also nice to be able to have a guy who can make plays with his feet. So this was a, a, a great get. And I always talk about the star system and I know this kid for the most part is considered a three-star recruit. But I think some people are missing the boat with this kid because Illinois and all these other schools—they were, you know, they really went after him. And I think again, he's going to be the future um, quarterback if things pan out. I mean, we always talk about the transfer portal, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this: um, when he visited Illinois. Um, he was pretty adamant about sticking through through his commitment. And he said Illinois was loyal to him and he was going to return the favor. What really helped him stay true to this commitment was these kids, like all the other groups, they have group texts, And they he's coming in with the chip on his shoulder as well with saying, hey, you know what, people are going to doubt this class and we know what we can do. Trey told me that he's seen game film of every kid that's in this class. That's impressive to me from a quarterback standpoint.
2: Look, people know that I got on a plane and got in a car and went, went to Starkville and basically put to bed all of the stuff that was going on about Trey Petty's de, decommitting from Illinois and he's, he's going to flip from this class. And, um, you know, it, irony of the whole thing was it didn't really get hot and heavy for Trey until Mississippi state made a coaching change um, at the time. Zach Garnett was when I was standing on the sideline watching him play his senior day game at Starkville High, Zach Garnett was still the head coach at Mississippi State. Um, when that suddenly did not become a reality, um, it would have been easy for Trey Petty to look at Jeff Levy's offense at, at Mississippi State and say, Yep, yep, that that works for me. Like, I'll stay home. Like people know, like you can take. I, I can drop a golf ball and hit a five iron from the 50 yard line at Starkville high and hit the clock tower at Mississippi state university. Like ask me how I know. Um, and, and it, look, this kid Brett Bielema on Wednesday in his signing day press conference described it perfectly to me, Mike, you said he has a good arm. His arm's not normal. I mean, his arm is really, really good. I mean, it it, it is a, and, and I found it interesting that, I think the thing that Barry Lunny and Brett Bielema are going to have to honestly teach out of Trey is the ability to just go. And I think Brett Bielema loves when coach, when quarterbacks make plays out of nothing, but this kid has the ability to stay in the pocket and make a throw with his right arm instead of just kind of run around like a chicken with his head cut off and make plays that way. Um, Barry wants you to stay in the pocket. Brett wants you to stay in the pocket. This kid wants to play NFL football and I think that he's gonna get the opportunity eventually to play NFL-like football at Illinois. I can tell you that the Altmyers were a big, big proponent of Illinois to the Petty family, especially his mom. Um, Luke's dad has done surgical uh, work on Trey Petty um, as an orthopedic surgeon. Um, He is Trey's doctor. And so there is the the connection there. there was just so many things that were going in favor of Illinois on this one. And then there was the fact that, you know, honestly, Trey just likes the offense Um, in the same way that Luke Altmaier kind of likes the offense. I don't want to throw it 60 times a game. I don't want to get my head knocked in like by doing that. I want to play complimentary football. I want to move the football that way. And I think that Trey has been sold on the idea that he can be a very, very effective college quarterback in this offensive system, and I think that there's, there's, there's a lot of logic to the decision that he made um, by sticking with his Illinois commitment. Because yes, even though there was no offer, and I want to, I want to be very clear about that, there was no offer from Ole Miss, there was no offer from Mississippi State, and I think they played this poorly because if they'd offered. I think that Trey would have had a lot more to consider. But right now, Trey just kind of, you know, I wrote about it on I guys, and you can go find it. Trey just kind of wanted to go to camp and kick everybody's butt in camp. And I know that the feeling on that inside the Smith Center, especially in the head coaching office, was, hell yeah, go kick everybody else's butt in that southeast and in, in, in that camp. And prove that we know what the hell we're doing from an evaluation standpoint. And and I do know that Barry Lunny has told me that when he came for his official visit and did his, I don't know if this makes a huge amount of difference, but did his uh did his medical physical. Um, he actually did measure closer to six foot two than six foot. So um, there is the ability, I think, that that from a physicality standpoint, he has kind of the same kind of range and 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 um length. As a Luke Altmyer. Um, so a lot of things just lined up for everything to work out for Illinois and work out for Trey Petty, and quite frankly, work out for Barry Lenny Jr. when he tries to, you know, maneuver this Illinois offense throughout the next couple of years.
0: Well, and just food for thought, Brett Bielma had some really good luck with a quarterback who was 5'11 and 215 by the name of Russell Wilson. Now, I'm not saying that Trey Petty is Russell Wilson, but I am saying that uh you know, if he's one or 6'2, which, you know, somehow has become undersized. Uh, by the time he starts playing, he'll probably be at least 215, and he will be able to <clears throat> move the ball with both his arm and his feet. So, uh, exciting future. Again, th- there's, a, there's a lot to look forward to in Illinois' class, and you see why Brett Bielma says he doesn't worry about the star system. If Trey Petty grew up in Georgia, he probably would have been a four-star just because of he would be in the state of Georgia. Eddie Turk, a defensive lineman. So every once in a while we watch uh, with with great glee when Matt gets surprised. So a defensive lineman, six foot four, 255, Lions Township in LaGrange, offers from Northwestern, Cincinnati, Duke, Iowa, Kansas State, Louisville, Miami, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Old Miss, Wisconsin. Eddie Turk is the real deal. He is being looked at by everybody. We've got another lineman who's chosen to go to play for Brett Bielma. This is a another guy that I think Illinois fans can get excited about, and the lack of depth on the defensive line may offer him an opportunity to play before maybe – He might have if he, you know, in different circumstances, but we've got a player here who was wanted throughout the the country. Ked, what were your thoughts on Eddie?
1: Right away, um, I think Iowa, I think Michigan, and I think Miami and Nebraska and Tennessee. That's the first thing that comes to my mind because those are some of the big heavy hitters in college football. I mean, Michigan is playing for a national championship. Illinois was able to get this four-star stud to stay home. I mean, he's 6'4", 265 pounds. Um, I'm just really curious to see, you know, I know uh, Bart Miller and Tans Jamison both were really involved in this recruitment along with Brett Bielema. Um, this was big. And, you know, also, you know, I don't want to exclude Northwestern, you know, we have to, you know, because they really pursued him. So this was a really, really, really important recruit. And it's good. The fact that Eddie stayed home, he'll be enrolling in the spring for the university of Illinois. One of the things he talked about was just this coaching staff and how great they were to him and the, you know, and also the players, but his play on the field is what I'm really excited to see. And, you know, I mean, we talk about development, but I mean, this guy really has pro potential if he lives up to what his billings are. There are legacy
2: recruits, and then there's Eddie Turk, okay? Uh, when your two great-grandparents, your grandmother, your two aunts, and your father all have degrees from the University of Illinois, you don't think this young man is getting pressure to go to the—let well, me, me add another one. His his older sister is going to graduate this spring and start her grad work at the university grad school work at the University of Illinois. His high school coach was a quarterback named was a former Illinois quarterback named John Butcher. Like at at some point, Eddie Turk was going to have to come up with a darn good reason to go (laughs) anywhere else but Illinois. I also will point out Mike Cagney. I don't think I was the only one that thought Eddie Turk was going to get announced on Wednesday as a offensive lineman. Yeah, I believe our own Mike Farrell thought that was happening. I believe my buddy, John Garcia over at rivals thought that was happening when he showed up and his video showed up. And I saw Terrence Jameson talking about how he was going to be able to coach him. I went, Oh, well, and, and people need to understand that changed the dynamic for me in terms of Eddie Turk's recruitment it just did because it is a position of need in Illinois badly and also i think that it's the position that michigan and that all of the other power programs that ked mentioned specifically i know that michigan was was probably number 2 if if we had he had to line up the rankings of where he, all the schools took all of those schools recruited him as a defensive lineman and illinois got this kid as a defensive lineman i really thought this was going in the direction of like isaiah williams's recruitment in the lovey smith era at illinois where everybody including alabama is telling you you're a defensive back and a wide receiver and illinois recruits you as a quarterback and that's why they get you i was thinking this was going in the way of well eddie turk's going to come to illinois because they're telling him he can play offensive line that's not the case eddie turk came to illinois because i think everybody who was in eddie turk's ear told him to go to illinois and also he had the he had the flexibility to do whatever he wanted to do, which is play defensive line. And I think that he has the ability, I'm telling you, the physical ability right now, I think, to play right away at Illinois as a defensive lineman. I'm not saying he's going to start. I'm not saying he's going to be an impact player, but Alex Bray got on the field as a true freshman in the 2023 season. And um there are a everybody essentially from that 2023 recruiting class at defensive line got on the field in some way, shape, or form. So whether it's using up all the four games and then making a decision, I think that that definitely could happen here. But Eddie Turk is going to arrive um, at Illinois in the spring with an opportunity to make an impact going into preseason camp um, at at a defensive line position that is in desperate need of talent up front for Terrence Jamison's uh, group. I think this is a big time get for Illinois because they 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 did the thing Ted knows that I've been asking Illinois to do for years. Win recruiting battles over significant power opponents and also increase do it with at, at the most limited position you can in the Midwest, which is defensive line. You saw last year that Terrence Jameson really didn't get it done in the 2023 recruiting class at defensive line, especially with in state talent. Eddie Turk flips that because he immediately comes in and allows Terrence Jamison to say, I can get big time in-state defensive linemen to stay home because I got this kid to do it.
0: Yeah. This is another player that there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic for him. You know, we're not going to come and tell you that, that somebody, you know, we're not going to just, just, you know, rainbows and sunshine and everything, but this is a player that there's definitely some long-term potential, and and we've we've been able to say that about quite a few of the players that are this year. And the long-term potential is both what the players done on the field, coupled with the people who are providing them offers. There's no guarantees of success, but we do know that there's a long record of Coach Bielma being able to develop players, which which definitely is part of the reason for our
3: optimism. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or on the other side of the world, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Be it in-game results, top-level stories, or the latest behind-the-scenes info in recruiting, IlliniGuys.com has you covered. For about 25 cents a day, you can have an inside path to your favorite Illini teams. And we'll even throw in a free seven-day trial to kick the tires, go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button, and get immediate access to dozens of stories each month, message forums, free giveaways, and more. IlliniGuys.com.
0: Tanner Hollinger, the six foot five, 235 pound tight end. He went to cross country high school, which is ironic. That's another sport, but hey, you know, cross country in Stromsburg, Nebraska, and had offers from Air Force, Brown, Colgate, Northern Iowa, Yale, and UAB. And obviously we know getting into Air Force Colgate, Yale is uh, not easy. So you got a a player who's got a good IQ and a solid background, but he's basically a summer commitment and he plays eight-man football in Nebraska, grew up a Husker fan, but he's chosen to come play football at Illinois. Ked? Ked? Give us a little bit of idea of uh, what you think about this gentleman.
1: I think this is a kid that's a big body, who is six five, um, who plays tight end. Um, I don't think he expects to come in right away to see time early. I think this is a, a developmental type player. Um, you know, you mentioned some of his offers. Um, he had or oh, close to 500 yards, you know, receiving, you know, from the tight end position. Um, He had 12 touchdowns, Um, but he is 6'5", and uh, I, I think Illinois is looking to use the tight end more, but this is, to me, personally, I mean, I don't know how Matt feels about it. This is a guy where I think you want to develop and you want to add more pieces to your roster, Um, And by the time he, if he red shirts and by the time he's a a junior, you may be able to see him be able to be, to be productive on the field. Um, I'm not saying that this kid, you know, is, is not going to make it, but he did, you know, get a preferred walk on offer from Nebraska. So I just really think for this type of player, um, I think Illinois is just looking to develop depth at, at, at this position.
2: You heard me say this a lot. You have to trust the evaluation here. You have to trust the evaluation of Robbie Disher, the new tight ends and special teams coach at Illinois. You have to trust the evaluation of Brett Bielema um, and what they're seeing on tape. You have to trust that they know how to get the maximum potential out of this young man. And Ked's right. This is probably not going to come until his upperclassman year at the University of Illinois. I think that he has the intelligence to understand and appreciate the idea that they the the plan is long term for him. Um, I don't think that there's been anything sold to him that he's gonna get on the field right away. I do think it's gonna be a culture shock of him playing in the Big Ten after playing, you know, small eight man football at his high school in Nebraska. Um, I think that's gonna be part of the development as well. I think that this the the ceiling is so very very high for this young man. But you have to trust Robbie Disher in what he has seen. And, and this is the kind of player that he's been pulling for Willie. When when he was the assistant coach for Willie Fritz at, you know, Sam Houston State. And when he was a player development coach for Kirby Smart at Georgia. And when he did the same thing again for Willie Fritz at Tulane. These are the kind of players that are, are you know, make or break for him. And, and for Robbie in the in his very, very short coaching career. I think he's trying to do the same thing here at Illinois at a position that is even stronger than people realize, even though Tip Ryman's walking out the door. So I think even though Tip's walking out the door, I think that there's a lot of um, potential at the top of the Illinois depth chart at tight ends with Griffin Moore, Henry Boyer, Tanner Arkin. You're going to have you're going to have the possibility of having a slow um, but but very, very proficient um Development not only on the field and in practice, but again also in the weight room with Tank Wright, so that he's prepared to play as an upperclassman in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, and and I don't think we can underestimate the value of Tank Wright. Anybody who's ever met the man, he's a, a great motivator. Understands everything about you know putting together football players, and you can tell when you watch the Brett Bielema version of University of Illinois football team walk on the field. They look like grown men and there have been times in the line I passed. We have not seen that. So um, Tanner will certainly put on weight and a six foot five frame. You don't know where that could go. It could really be some opportunity to be a high performer at tight end. Tyshawn Griffin, wide receiver, five foot 11, 165 pounds, comes out of Morgan Park. That is a traditional uh, basketball power to say the least. Uh, Arkansas. Boston College, Cincinnati, Iowa State, Kansas, Louisville, Michigan State, Missouri, Purdue, and Wisconsin. Th- that this is, a again, another list of impressive schools that the Illini have defeated to get this signee. And uh, Tyshawn is a very, very electric player on the field. Ked, you've been a huge proponent of him since day one. Tell us what you're thinking. I'm
1: going to pull on Matt Stevens here. Matt is a master at uh, giving comparisons. And my comparison for this gentleman is uh, Isaiah Williams. Now he doesn't have all the offers, but I'm telling you, uh, you know, because it, I wasn't for sure he's going to play play cornerback, but I think he's going to play receiver when he gets to college. And I think they told Mr. Griffin that he's going to be the next Isaiah Williams. And when he came to campus, they kind of highlighted that a little bit. This kid is another four-star recruit. And I think he is going to be electric on the offensive side of the field. I think he's fast. He's quick. Illinois was able to, like you mentioned, Mike, um, and we're going to hear from Matt here in a second. They beat out some high-quality some programs for this kid, and Matt has talked about Illinois you know, going toe-to-toe with some of these guys. He's an Illinois kid to boot with it. So this is one of the kids I know at some point in time he's going to become a fan favorite because when he gets the ball in the open field, it's going to be exciting to watch him play.
2: When Brett Bielema got the job at Illinois – I asked him if Isaiah. He 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 mentioned in his introductory press conference, if you guys remember, that one of his first objectives was to find his I.O. assume in the football office. Okay, I asked him if Isaiah Williams was his I.O. assume. and he gave the perfect answer, which is, "Well, yeah, except Isaiah's from Missouri and I.O.'s from Chicago. Like, I need somebody who's from Illinois. Ty Griffin might fit the bill." And in everything that Ked said is absolutely right. I have one question. I have I have one question about Ty Griffin. And this is actually a question that I think Ked can answer for me because it's my really only concern for him going forward. There's a significant injury here. And Brett Bielema mentioned it on Wednesday um, that could limit his development at least early on in the process for him. I don't know whether or not that's a significant deal or not. Um, I know he is going to have surgery, but I think that he could still be available come preseason camp. Um, I'm kind of putting Cal on the spot and I apologize for that, but I know that Brett Bielema mentioned it on Wednesday during his signing day press conference. Um, uh, If the injury is not significant and it does not regress his development, um, he is an electric athlete. I, again, Wasn't 100% sure, thought it might be a wide receiver, but wasn't 100% sure how he was going to contribute at Illinois in this recruiting class. Um, But everything Ked Ked said is right. When you have an athlete like this, and he's coming from the Chicago Public League, you figure out where you play him later on in life, because then you just go get the athlete. And then we'll figure out where to play you. We got enough time here. Um, He's an electric enough athlete that I think he's going to make a difference at some point in his Illinois career. I just don't
1: know when that's going to be. Oh, yeah, I, I I agree with you, Matt. And the one good thing about that and, you know, his injuries that he will be there um, this spring. And uh, you know how they are when it comes to injuries, Matt. I mean, it's like 007 secret information. So um, it's hard to get information um, from the University of Illinois, you know, when it comes to their players so we're going to have to check into that and I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't want to be disrespectful to the kid and say the wrong thing especially if the university has their mindset on something and things that we're hearing so I don't want to be that guy
0: yeah
2: I only mentioned it because the godfather himself
1: actually said it on Wednesday
2: in the press conference that there's there's a there's an injury that might require surgery for Ty Griffin so like the guy literally said it in the Smith center. So if somebody wants to get mad, we can replay the uh, audio from Brett Bielen with signing day press conference. But um I, I fully suspect that that's not going to be a something that deters all four or five years of his Illinois career. Let's just be honest.
0: Yeah. You know? And he's been called the most exciting player in, in Illinois high school football. So, I mean, there's, there's some reason to be really excited about him coming to town as well. I know it sounds like we're being overly positive, but we're just telling you what we think. And based on time of watching films and talking to coaches, et cetera, the, there's a lot of excitement over Ty Griffin. Easton Baker, linebacker, six foot one, 215, out of Utah, went to Stansbury High School, Oklahoma. Arkansas, Utah tech, Arizona state. I am telling you, he, this kid does stuff on film that you, if you did it in a movie, you would go, that's not believable because I think he hit, I like what, six, eight guys that he called that he hit so hard that they fumbled and somebody else took him for a touch, took the ball for a touchdown. But I think if if I recall on the videos, I think I counted two times that he hit a guy so hard that he fumbled and then Easton picked up the ball and ran for a touchdown himself and anybody who's ever played high school I don't care what level you're playing at that is almost impossible to do and it became like a routine thing for him to knock somebody so hard that that they did that I I think he is he is like the embodiment of a linebacker in terms of a hitting machine and i go back to to you know some of the guys who just just pounded people illinois used to be years ago linebacker you you know with Nitschke and butkus and and even going back to you know dana howard and and you know in the more modern era but this this guy i'll tell you what he is an old style hitter and if you watch his film and you're not excited there's something wrong with you kid
1: well, right away <laughs> your facial expression, bad facial expression, is price this kid is going to play uh linebacker for the University of Illinois. They promised him that. And this kid did commit to BYU and he backed out of it. He is. He was injured this year. I'm not for sure exactly what the injury um was, but uh you talked about right a physical guy and he may be a Jay Lehman type linebacker, um, uh, but a little bit more physical and I like the fact that he's from Utah. I mean, I just don't know. This probably sounds mean that they produce a lot of football players out there, but I like his attitude. Like you said, um, I, you know, again, his senior year in, you know, was cut short due to injuries, but he's just a physical guy. And, um, Andy has been all over this recruitment. And I just can't wait to hear what Matt Stevens has to say about this kid.
2: I'm really glad that Ked got the on the field stuff out of the way. Cause it allows me to not have to go there. Cause I don't want to. Do you guys realize how unbelievably impossible this recruitment should have been for Illinois, Brett Bielema and Andy Boo? Okay. The the last and the only time that Illinois has ever gotten a lettered athlete in football from the state of Utah, 1891. I, that's something to where like, I can't even ask Lauren Tate what it was like to go watch that guy play at, you know, watch that Utah native play at Illinois. I, even Red Grange further,
0: couldn't. Could, even right. I can go back yet.
2: further than that, right? My buddy, Lauren Tate, can't remember watching him play, right? Okay, then Ken almost went there, but I'll go all the way there. This kid is a devout LDS church, a uh, member of the LDS church, who decommitted from Brigham Young after his ninth grade season. Do you realize how hard that is to do when you are a, devor- a devout Mormon who is a member of the LDS church, and you have a commitment to BYU and you back out of it in order to like investigate your options in football like there there are people who are there are there are religious people who were telling Easton Baker don't do that like who don't care anything about football they wanted him at Brigham Young that uh, there's like there's a reason they call the B, the BYU Utah game the holy war like like it's 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 a thing okay and then you get to the idea that he is exactly what Andy Boo wants in a middle linebacker from a violent standpoint, from an intelligence standpoint, from a maturity standpoint. He is the living embodiment of what of, of what they want. He he is the Utah version of James Cruz, where he just plays like his head's on fire the entire time and does so in a way that you understand that his football IQ is very, very high in the way that an 18-year-old should not be. I love the fact that when I asked Brett Bielema about this and he said that, well, if Easton Baker had been from Springfield, we would have recruited him too. Like, you know, and I'm not suggesting, God knows I'm not suggesting that this is going to build some sort of pipeline from Utah to Illinois. Like, that's just not going to happen. I don't think that, you know, Jason Epperson's going to have to, at CU Church, is going to have to figure out how to deal with an LDS service for Easton Baker and, you know, all the other Mormons that are going to follow, Mormon football players are going to follow him to the Fighting Illini football program. What I am telling you is that I I think that this is a really, really cool nugget of information and a cool thing that Andy Boo was able to pull off in a way that when you see his film and you present it to Brett Bielema and you go, I think we got a shot at this kid from Utah. And then you get on a plane less than 24 hours after that and, and basically lock down the recruitment from that point on. It's an unbelievable recruiting story. And what I all, and, and so I'll, and then I'll end it with something on the field in a very, very similar way to James Crutes with the mentality that Easton Baker plays with right now as an 18 year old, knowing he's going to be here in the spring. I do think there's a possibility that he could find his way on Robbie Disher's special teams unit as a true freshman, because he can make an impact there in the same way that James Crutes did his, in his true freshman year as well, but. I, I, I can't wait to talk to this young man about all of the off the field things he had to deal with, with his recruitment that have nothing to do with football, because it, it, everything that he decided to do as a 17 and 18 year old is just not done in his region and in his faith and in his football. It just isn't done. And, and this kid decided to do it because he wanted to be at an extremely high level of football and he thinks that Andy boo and Brett Bielema and, and, uh, Aaron Henry are going to provide that for him.
0: I, I just keep thinking about the other kids when they're watching the game film, you know, and this kid, you know, again, he's not huge, but six foot one, two fifteen, And then the way he hits and there's some poor running back going, I hope to God, my offensive line does something because otherwise I'm going to die <laughs>
2: Mike when Brett Bielema does the film review with us of all of the signees on signing day yep he has a he has a great line which is you remember that that kid who's just about to get blown up he has a mom in the stands that has to watch that
0: <laughs> yeah no 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 I, I trust me and 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 as one of those guys who probably had that happen to me my biggest fear was don't let me get hurt because my mom might run out onto the field that would be really embarrassing but uh, I'm sure Easton Baker saw Plenty of moms come out on the field because the way he separated people from the ball is just amazing. It should be a lot of fun to see what he can do uh, in the orange and blue. Khalil Valentine, uh, running back, six foot, 180, electric from Chandler, Arizona. Could go pretty much anywhere that he wanted on the West Coast, Arizona, Arizona State. Auburn was involved, Utah, Boston College. I mean, this kid had people all over looking for him uh electric performer has i think he's got plenty of confidence as well uh this this is a guy who if if they're looking for people to be the lightning for the thunder and lightning he might be one of the performers that gets selected in that role ked what are your thoughts on mr valentine
1: well i have a non-football story for the listeners out there. So I'm walking into Memorial Stadium and I see this really cool coat by this kid and his mother. And I'm talking to myself. I'm kind of embarrassing myself. And I'm like, man, that coat is really sharp. Where'd you get that at? So I tap him on the shoulder and they're like, please don't take my coat, sir. Please don't take my coat. I'm like, look, that coach's not going to fit me even if you put them together they're not going to they're not going to fit they're not going to fit me and he and the mom was like well my son's a recruit so that's where we got it from So if you want one of these coaches you got to ask for the coaches so ever since then and i've had developed a great relationship with this kid he is not short on any culture anything like that he is coming to illinois to play he wants to go neck and neck with Caden Fagan he told me that he is really looking forward to being the offset of 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 Caden Fagan being Mr. Power football and him 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 being the guy that can get out there and and to change the uh, the look and and put pressure on the defense this kid rushed over 1300 yards 19 touchdowns and I mean let's call it what it is Mikey if you got offers from Auburn and and Michigan State and Oregon and, and Again, Penn State and Miami, you know you're doing something. And, you know, I'll close with this. You know, going back to the coat thing, what was unique about it, because they're from Arizona, you know, they weren't accustomed to wearing coats, so they were not going to let those coats go because down there, they don't need them. But up here, it it was cool. Uh, I think it was sometime in October, November when he was here. But this is another four-star recruit, Um, again, you know, that we talk about Illinois uh, beating some of the better schools out to get.
2: When Killing, when Kenny Dillingham got the job at Arizona State, the former Oregon offensive coordinator, I thought this was the potential for a flip, because I think he runs a really, really exciting offense. It's a mama cut, it's a mama called, called me home type of situation for Kenny at Arizona State, and right over there in Chandler was one of the best running backs in the country in Khalil Valentine, and it would have been easy for Khalil Valentine to look at the Illinois depth chart and realize oh, there's like four guys in front of me that like could play before I ever get a chance to show what I can do. Um, and he stuck with his commitment. And I think it's a testament to Thad Ward and his ability to recruit. I, I really do. I think there, Thad was one of the most, um, you know, talked about recruiters, you know, when Lovey Smith put together his first staff and, you know, what he was able to do in that running back room um, early on before he left for Kansas State. And, that has now come back to Brett Bielema, and and it's the most important positional room in Brett Bielema's offense. And I think that again, um, you know, they they go and they get a Caden Fagan last year, who was one of the was a four star kid, who was one of the highly most highly touted kids in the twenty twenty three class. Um, and then Caden comes darn close to being the Big Ten freshman of the year. And uh, I think that Khalil Valentine, I don't know if he's going to have a guy. You know what? I'll just say it. I hope he doesn't have the opportunity to show what he can do. And that's not a knock on Khalil. I just hope Illinois doesn't have the injury issues that it had at running back in 2023 to force Khalil out there. Um, If he earns the spot by being here in the, in the spring and being here in the fall, more power to him. Um, But I do think that he is trusting in the system and trusting what Brett Bielema does with running backs in, in, in his offense and historically. Um, he's had some good ones. He's had some Dope Walker Award winners. And I think that Khalil Valentine, we talked about this with some of the with Vernon Woodward, with you know Amira Reynolds, with some of the DBs that uh, Aaron Henry's brought in. Khalil Valentine doesn't lack for confidence. And I think that he is a young man who thinks he's going to be a potential Dope Walker award uh player like chase brown was for brett for brett bielema and i think that you know he he has the potential based on his skill set to potentially be correct um if nothing else i think that brett bielema has proven that if there's a running back out there that he thinks he can get he's been proven in these last three recruiting classes i'm gonna go get that guy And, and i think that that has been a very very highly uh if you're talking about how they're batting in terms of year after year recruiting you look at the running back room and they had, they had a pretty good percentage there.
0: Yeah. I mean this again, another player. And of course, you know, potential is, is obviously the, the word, but this is another guy with high potential who could be a difference maker for the Illini. It's, it's a, he's an exciting back. You watch his films. um, You know, he's, he's a, he's a home run hitter when it comes to being on the football field and scoring touchdowns. Josiah Knight, Another edge player, six foot four, 230, Tallahassee, Florida. Offers from Georgia Tech, Cincinnati, Maryland, Missouri, which pains me, but they have been recruiting at a fabulous level. Um, Purdue and Vanderbilt, just among a few. This guy is another player who looks like a football player. There's, and I, I'm not trying to compare him to it, but there's a little bit of the Wilbur Marshall look here in him Um, you know he's out on the field he puts pressure on on things he makes things happen Ked what did you think about Josiah?
1: Well another kid from the Sunshine State Um, this kid was a four-year varsity uh, football player who had well over 180 tackles uh, over 40 yards tackles for loss Uh, I think 18 19 20 sacks in his career um, just a unique edge rusher. And I just think physically, when you look at his build at 6'4", you know, 235, he looks just mean and nasty and a guy that I think has really, really, he's like Matt mentioned and some of these other um Recruiting tidbits, guys. You know, with long arms and just athletic ability, things that you can't teach. He may be the guy that can do that. I really like what Illinois did with this entire class. I mean, they're trying to go out and get guys that can put to open up holes and block, but also put pressure on on, on quarterbacks. And you know, and this kid has—he's fast. He's quick. So. That's going to be really, really nice to see. Um, I mean, I don't think he's going to see the field right away, but again, you never know with a kid, you know, this size, but he's a big specimen.
2: If we're playing the Jay Billis NBA draft drinking game, folks, tip one back because he has a wingspan of six foot 10. And and that's exactly what Charlie Bowen and Brett would look for when they 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 evaluate, you know, outside ru- edge rushers at, at that outside linebacker position in, in Charlie Boland's room. Um he is the uh, physically he is the exact opposite of Daniel Brown. um he is what an offense uh, a pass rusher should look like at six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds um wow. with speed and with length and with the ability to be able to do everything um again, the player comp for me is Seth Coleman. I think that he has the ability to to have the kind of length that Illinois looks for in that type of position and and I think that um. Physically, he's just so gifted that um, JoJo has the ability to get on the field as quick as possible um, if he can put all of his skills together. Here's where I'm concerned. It's a a small concern. I think that technique-wise, he needs a lot of work because he has the production, but I think that Charlie Bullen's going to have to work with him on on his feet. He's going to have to work with him on his hands and and technique-wise, but... He's worked with NFL guys before and this is the kind of clay that Charlie Bowen wants to work with. So I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, excitement about the potential of what this young man could bring at this position. And again, we're not exactly talking about a defensive lineman with his hand in the ground. We're talking about a guy that's going to play with in, in the two point stance, but this is also again, up front near the line of scrimmage where Illinois needs the most reworking right now in in Aaron Henry's uh, scheme Because they need to put more pressure on the quarterback than they certainly did in 2023. And so over time, I think when you recruit guys like JoJo Knight, um, you know, from a Florida, I think that you you feel like you have the ability to be able to do that um, more and more uh, defensively. And that's going to be a big key over the next couple of years if Illinois has been able to do that. Because when Illinois has been able to put pressure on the quarterback, that has been when turnovers have happened. And that's when they've won a lot of football games.
0: Yeah. Again, another guy that, that, you know, you look at the physical skills with good coaching should be able to develop. So it's, it's another exciting uh, signing for the Illini. Joe Barna defensive lineman, six foot four to 40 from Wheaton, Illinois, Wheaton North, a perennial uh, good program. Had offers from Wisconsin, ball state, Iowa state, Kansas, uh, you Know another guy who again, I guess I should add you know Purdue in there as well.
1: You know what? First thing, I mean, this kid was a, a first team 70, all, all state football player. Uh, I like the high school that he came from, from Wheaton, uh, he's from Eastern Wheaton, Illinois, uh, Wheaton North High School. Um, uh, this kid is another kid that in the years past, Illinois would have lost. I mean, when you, when you know, we know Missouri's hot right now, they had a great year, um, but, um, uh, Joe took a an, he took an official visit to Wisconsin. Um Illinois was able to hold on to his commitment. Um Iowa State, Oklahoma, and, and as you mentioned, Purdue. In the years past, like I said, some of those kids flip and he stayed true. Um, uh, I think he wants to play for his state university. He's mentioned that you know before. Um, and he's another guy that that could potentially be on the edge um to play the play the edge position, or maybe um some linebacker. I'm not 100% sure, but I really think I, I like him better at, at, on the edge. Um, but it's you know I guess there's time to see. And like I think Matt mentioned earlier, um, you know once these kids get on campus, the staff does a really good job of seeing where these kids can excel the best. And most of these recruits are open to doing that. And I think he's one of those kids that are open who who'll be open to saying, hey, you know what, put me on the field. I'm an Illinois guy. I want to represent my state university. And like I said to you. You know, he was a first-team All-State performer in 7-8 football. So, and it's another kid that you got to keep home from Chicago because what Illinois needs to do is to try to, I know Bielema talked about locking up the state, but if you can go to Chicago because, let's face it, Northwestern Iowa and Wisconsin, Wisconsin, they've done great up there. Illinois starting to get their share, but have those kids be successful on the field and, it's, you know, and win because that matters. You'll be able to keep some more of those kids home. Barner's recruitment fascinates me because
2: it doesn't make any logical sense. What do I mean by that? He was committed to Cincinnati when Luke Fickle was the head coach there. So Luke Fickle goes from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. I guess I don't think I was the only one that assumed that Joe Barner would just follow Luke Fickle to Wisconsin when they offered him. And he didn't do it. Um, He did a complete 180 and rethought his entire recruitment situation and ended up at Illinois not saying anybody did anything wrong or any, I mean, it's not a flip, like um, because his situation got restarted because there was a coaching change at Cincinnati um, and Illinois to its own credit got on it really, really quickly when Luke Fickle made the move from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. Um, I think they knew what was coming with this kid when he, when he was able to reopen his recruitment because the Cincinnati situation was not going to be tenable. Um, and kudos to, again, uh, you know, Terrence Jamison, Brett Bielema, Aaron Henry, and, and everybody who was involved here because that, that, that quick turnaround and that quick, Hey, we need to get on this kid again. Um, is, is what led him to signing on Wednesday with Illinois. Uh, I, I do think from a physical standpoint, it's going to take time with him. Um, you're not going to play defensive line in the big 10 at 245 pounds, um, but I think that Terrence Jameson is willing to wait on him because I think from a fundamental standpoint, he has a foundation of what you want in, in your, in, in your, uh, in, in your toolbox. I, I think that this kid's going to take time to develop. And again, you're looking at maybe as an upperclassman, academic upperclassman, maybe as a third year sophomore that he could make an impact. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll develop faster than I think he will. Um, But I I do think that his recruitment fascinates me in the sense that Illinois has gotten into the mindset of um, we need to be aggressive when the opportunity presents itself. It presented itself in this situation and Joe Barner signed with Illinois. And I think there have been a lot of other administrations at Illinois in the football office that would have said, no, he rejected us the first time. I don't think this is going to be a this is going to be a waste of our time. Um, Brett Bielema keeps a file of all those guys and and it it works out well when when there's a situation that comes about like this where he needs to find a new home and suddenly very very quickly Illinois is able to be aggressive and and approach the situation in a way that is able to uh, turn this into potentially a a really really good find um, you know in this recruiting class
0: yeah he's a guy that I think is maybe a little bit forgotten because of some of the other guys. And I I don't know that you want to forget this, this, this player because he's got a lot of skill sets and you can't teach the motor that goes with the high intensity that he plays with. So, you know, Joe's another guy we're, we're, we're excited about. There's a lot of good, good people in this class. Thank you so much for listening to this show. We appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure you go over to IlliniGuys.com. Look at subscribing. $99 a year gets you all the information that you can get to follow Illini Sports, particularly on the message boards where we have a lot of information that maybe is stuff that can't be confirmed, rumors, innuendos, and gives you an idea of things that happen sometimes before they even do. But we'd love to have you over there. Until next time. When we talk about the border fight with Missouri, go Illini.